0: As you all know, SharpFootballAnalysis.com is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. We just went live with our playoff packages. Warren's lifetime NFL playoffs record is 147-88 for a 63% winning percentage, while his Super Bowl picks sit at 25-10 and 10 for a 71% winning percentage. Get on board now for the most profitable stretch of the season. Use code ANGLES25 for $25 off any playoff products at SharpFootballAnalysis.com. <music> Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta here with Rich Rebar. Welcome into the Pro Bowl Reaction Show. Just uh, just kidding. Uh we are we're here to uh preview week 16. So we're we're almost at the end, Rich. How you doing?
1: Good. I'm ready, uh, for the holidays. You know, I'm not supposed to be on this show. I said last week, I wouldn't come on the show if the Cardinals lost the lions and they'd said I was contractually obligated to appear. Uh, but I'm not supposed to be here after the Cardinals absolutely
0: no-showed and got Flambe by Jared Goff. Yeah. So that was, that was the thing that happened. And like convincingly, like that was not like yeah. a weird way. Like, that was, yeah. So cool. So yeah, after we, we spent some time, uh, I mean, we had some reservations about the Cardinals and and what they were doing and and Cliff a little bit, but we had mostly positive things to say because they were uh, playing quite well. And uh, and there they go, losing to uh, Jared Goff and and the Lions by uh, the convincing amount. Um, so we'll we'll get to the Cardinals in a bit because I I will let's just I guess start there because uh, they're they're a Saturday games so. Uh, We're going to go through these games uh, like they're going to happen at the time they're supposed to happen and the people we are expecting to play are going to play, Um, which at this point, we don't know if that's going to be the case, but we're just going to dive into that uh, for now. So, I mean, Indianapolis at Arizona, uh, Christmas night, Um, this game got – a lot more intriguing after what we saw Arizona do because it was just uh, like nothing, nothing they had done well before uh, was working. And it was kind of some of the hesitations we had, especially without, you know, no DeAndre Hopkins, it the amount that, the Cardinals were able to like scheme some things up. And like, there were some throws that like maybe could have been hit, but like, there were not a lot of like really well opened and and scheme throws. And um, that, that was part of the problem early in the year. And Kyler was able to get past that. And we talked about it on the show, how like through the first stretch of the season, he was completing like 75% of his deep passes, which was insane. And obviously that wasn't going to happen continue to happen he's still at like 60 percent, but that that's still a, a big difference and he needs to be so pinpoint with some of these throws especially now that like aj green is going to be that guy um and then though when you look at, at the defense man the defense just like wasn't able to slow anything down and when it, like craig reynolds is is running through you you have like mon ross and brown and josh reynolds like this it's, it's a little bit concerning for the cardinals yeah, I mean, we've known for all
1: season, like the biggest weakness the Cardinals have defensively is that you can just, you can power run on them. And like the, the saving grace was they were just getting ahead on teams and, you know, teams were able to stick with the run on any level against Arizona. Uh, and then, you know, when you, we've seen now two weeks in a row, or if you can, you know, you have positive games and so the Packers did it on Thursday night, you know, that was basically their whole game plan with Devontae Adams out, you know, uh, was, was a short pass game and to lean on the run game. And that's kind of, uh, been like the MO they they're, they're number one in the NFL or 32nd, I should say they've allowed the most, uh, the highest rate of explosive runs per carry in the NFL and, uh, good news. Uh, They face the guy that leads the NFL basically. Yeah, no explosive (laughs) runs coming (laughs) in. Yeah, good news. They face Jonathan Taylor uh, on Saturday. A team that just won a game where their quarterback had 57 passing yards. So, uh, yeah, real tough outlook here for the Cardinals and what their biggest weakness is versus what the strength of their opponent is on offense. Um, Yeah, it's going to be some tough sledding here uh, for the Cardinals. But, I mean, the Colts are interesting too because the defense has started to really come alive the past what six weeks now uh, they haven't allowed a wide receiver to have more than 55 receiving yards in a game since week nine uh, the, their their yards per attempt uh, have really sagged 5.6 yards allowed per attempt the last five games uh, and that includes games against like Tom Brady and Josh Allen so it's not like they're just beating up on vagabonds like the Dolphins are Um yeah, so it's going to be a really intriguing game. The Colts are a team that, like, they they literally could be on like a twelve game win streak right now if it wasn't for a couple bad bounces their way and a blown a blown game or two. Uh, but we got two teams moving in the opposite direction, short winded, long winded. There.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I the Cardinals are, are still good, which like we don't want to, you know, throw them down too much. Like they they can they still have enough talent where it's going to be like. I don't. I don't think that we're going to see like this. Isn't a, a Pittsburgh Steelers from last year where we just kind of saw a drop off coming and yeah. and the record was completely like we knew the whole time. Like the Cardinals are still good. Um, you know whether they're you know the top team in the NFC, which they looked like for for a while. Like they they need to figure some things out and really do uh, starting um, yeah, heading into a Saturday night. Um, but yeah, for Indianapolis, man, like I. It's, it's such an interesting dynamic on offense, right? Because I tweeted during the game like, like we're still getting into the, like the Jonathan Taylor MVP thing, which like it's just it's not gonna happen. No, it's
1: Right. Cooper Colour is like,
0: MVP now. Now we've got that. Sh- sure. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's MVP. <laughs> MVP's to everyone. Um you know what? You made it through this season. MVPs for everybody. That's right. Um <laughs> so and I, I tweeted during the game like Jonathan Taylor's biggest impact is like keeping the Colts from getting the full Carson Wentz experience right like, every game um but then it, during during that game like Wentz was still trying to give them the, the Carson Wentz experience and they're like no 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 we're we're good so like he, he tried to he tried a couple giveaways in, in that one even though he did only have like 50 yards um and what's interesting is like how well Jonathan Taylor is doing. Like we know these breakaway yards and it's kind of like, you know, we we did talk about this earlier in the season, along with Derek Henry. And then we shifted to Jonathan Taylor of how they're able to have these big runs against loaded boxes. And when you're able to block those up, right. It, the kind of, can go to your advantage if you have someone like Jonathan Taylor because if you have that stack box, there's no one there in, in the backfield in the defensive backfield yeah, stop, a, stop a big run. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as I'm looking here, uh, Jonathan Taylor has 68 attempts uh, against the stack boxes, um, 0.21 EPA per play. That's nuts. That's like top quarterback uh, type of EPA per play there. Um, a positive. EPA on 47.1% uh of those rushes a uh, boom play which is uh EPA of 1.0 or more on 11.8% now, a bus rate so uh a EPA per play of uh negative one or less of just 1.5. So like those aren't negative plays a- at all. Those are uh, amazing uh, kind of numbers there where you're able to move the ball and have big plays there. So like they are able to create some of those big plays uh, by going against a look that should not uh, create those. So, and I think that it really goes to uh, the, the offensive line too, because they have so many good, Guys blocking 56 uh, of those um, runs go without a blown block, 12 only 12 had a blown block and when there is a blown block um, all of those numbers uh, go down um, and that's where all those bus plays are from um, and and everything there so like everything is just clicking really there and like all those pieces aren't in place that uh, they're going to be in every game enough that that run is eventually going to break and kind of like that's kind of a dangerous way to live uh, but that's what they've been able to survive on all season.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's on a, a crazy run. I mean, next gen stats have him what he's got 418 yards over expectation. The next closest guy is Nick Chubb at 179. Uh, so double, double that, uh, you know, just, just an insane run he's on. and We've seen it. And it's continuous. I mean, he's now scored a touchdown in 11 straight games. Uh, it better not end on Christmas. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to call my stocking. Uh, Because I'm riding this Jonathan Taylor experience in multiple fantasy leagues here right now. Hopefully we get an Alvin Kamara like uh, run out uh, on Christmas, you know, a little six touchdown game. No one will object to that except for his opponents. But, you know, the Carson Wentz thing is interesting to me because I think like a huge part of the public's perception is still like he's been good. Um, And I think he's been fine. Uh, but there's a lot of underlying stuff that shows that he really hasn't been that good. And you said like, they've been able to kind of mask that just by the offensive environments. He and he's been in, but 6.1 yards per pass attempt, the last eight games, like it's not just like a one or two game thing. Uh, really the first half against the bucks was the only time, like he's been a strong in like the last two months of passing. Uh, so, I mean, there's going to be, a, it's going to be a time we keep bringing up with him and Garoppolo all the time. Like it's like, there's eventually going to be a time where those guys are going to be called upon to like really carry the offense and, uh, do they do they punch their way out, or is it going to be kind of the same old, same old? Or we just end the same way we thought we would, uh, even though the journey kind of led us in a, a few other peaks and valleys of saying, "Well, maybe."
0: Yeah, that's just that's <laughs> where we're going to be with with Wentz, and I mean for, for whatever you know Arizona hasn't really been able to do uh, against the run. Like, you still have those pass rushers, man, and like if they can get to Wentz, like that's that's what you do, um, and and that's gonna that's not going to work. And and again, we've kind of talked about this, the the Colts don't really have, you know, any of those wide receivers that really, um, that really scare you too much, especially in one-on-ones and, you know, Arizona still has a, a really good secondary, um, you know, we, those pieces have been playing, you know, better than we expected at the start of the season. So, uh, you know, they still have a lot of speed there. So if the Colts kind of have to play that type of game, like that's going to play to Arizona's advantage on that side of the ball. So kind of have to keep it close and still have those, uh, be able to to run the ball because I think that's what you're going to be able to do, um, you know, on the Cardinals. And, and that's where the strength of, of the Colts is and like, Again, the less the less you have, Wentz just like dropping back thirty times, uh, the the better off you're you're going to be. Um, So uh, let's move on to to some of the the Sunday games. Um, And let's talk. I mean, Lions Falcons, the highlight game of the. (laughs) Uh, I mean,
1: I never knew that. But listen, we joke, but like it was. You never realize what you have until it's gone. And I'm going to be. I'm actually kind of upset that Jared Goff might not play. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh yeah that's uh I mean yeah for to just just to see well, like what they what can they could keep doing like Jared Goff was like legitimately good um all right, but we, we don't have to yeah. uh, <laughs> do that at, at all uh one quick this thing as we were doing that like I was joking about the pro bowl but AJ Terrell should uh, absolutely be in the pro bowl and that matters because there are now like fifth year option money that uh is tied to pro bowl which is dumb uh but that's what they did in the cba uh aj terrell has been like the second best quarterback in the league uh this season probably like behind ramsey um yeah i think there's a better case for like aj terrell as first team all pro than not on the pro bowl uh so uh, i think that's insane uh we don't have to like fringe guys on the pro bowl don't care but um like that's that's a that's a huge miss um but anyway let's move on to actual games um Baltimore at Cincinnati. Uh, this is one of the most fascinating games because like the, the winner of this game, this is basically, this is kind of a playoff game because like the winner of this game probably wins the AFC North and the loser of this game like might not be in the playoffs. Um, so this is about as in week 16, this is about as close to a win and in game uh, we can get a uh, Baltimore. We still, as of recording on this, we don't know if, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, is going to play that might give us, uh, another game of Tyler Huntley, mm, which, man. um, if, if you don't think I cashed in a Tyler Huntley, Juwan Jennings, uh, DFS lineup last week, uh, I, because I am a parody of myself. I 100% did. Um, we want some money then you're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, Holly so was a legitimately good fantasy play last week. Holly was a legitimately good real life, uh, play <laughs> last week. Um, so uh, let, let's just kind of go there because it, it's hard to kind of talk about this game because it's either going to be Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley. And while they did similar things, I think, um, you know, I, I think we saw Huntley a, a little bit and uh, let's just get this uh, off the top of it. Like there is probably no bigger fan of Tyler Huntley outside of like the Huntley family than I am. And like any of the uh, discourse online that was like, uh, is t- does Tyler Huntley playing well? have any impact on like what the Ravens should be thinking of giving Lamar Jackson as a contract no no it should not like Tyler Huntley is not Lamar Jackson uh and if that's that's coming from me I, I think you can be pretty safe uh to say well, you're okay paying Lamar Jackson but the kind of what they did is like Huntley got the ball out or just a little quicker um and I think that that just kind of, that masked some of the the deficiencies they had. I mean, when you can pepper Mark Andrews for, for as much as he did and for Andrews to like actually catch uh, the, the, all of those passes, like some of them were, were tightly contested. So I, I think a lot of it worked out there, but, like what? What we saw there was Huntley is not going to be overwhelmed, which I think is good, especially if he has to play against a Cincinnati uh, defensive line that's been playing, you know, really well. Trey Hendrickson uh, has been good, and think uh, he's a Pro Bowler. Um, so I, I think they can, you know, keep uh, some things in place there. And of course, if it's Lamar, then you just, you know, have Lamar there. And I think uh, on the other side of the ball, when we're looking at what you know cincinnati's offense can do i we're like we're just still waiting for it to be like unleashed right we kind of talk about it every week like burrow's playing really well uh they have jamar chase who's you know up and down but his highs are, are huge you have you know, t higgins who's good you have uh tyler boyd uh running leak now um but it just like we don't have an offensive two wide receiver yet, week which, which we feel yeah last week yeah yeah, yeah I like that's, that yeah, it's been, I think that's that's been a big thing um, this year because I, I think there's been a couple more teams who have uh, been doing that over the past uh, the couple weeks. So uh, we're, we're seeing different variations and, and it's fun when you can, you know, spring guys. Um, you know, I think the, the Rams ran it with Cooper Cup. Um, I think like two weeks ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing like cre- some creative designs here from Cincinnati, but we're just never like seeing it like be put together. Like I feel like this really should be a team that like is uh, just a little better offensively, and we talked about it a little bit last week. Um, there's just like it feels like there's um, another gear they have that they just you know whether it's you know coaching or whatnot, they just like haven't really been able to reach. And you know against the Baltimore secondary that again still like doesn't have anyone. Um, like they they had a guy in in 17 uh, covering Devonte Adams last week, so that that worked out as you know you would think.
1: And 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 you know if everyone remembers, Levi on Bell had seventeen during the season, so it's someone they picked up over the course <laughs> since they didn't have Levi on Bell. Uh, so that guy, that guy just came off the street, and, and you know basically that's they that's what the results warranted. Uh, the Bengals, yeah, it all comes down to the Bengals' mix. I mean, the Ravens are are doing what they can and to, and they've been doing it all year to kind of mask. We've talked at nauseum about the. The situation that they've been placed in, and they're going to probably look back and realize that you know they if they would have stolen a couple of these, the ball goes their way. But it also could just be variance because they also won a game on like a, the longest field goal in NFL history. Uh, you know they beat the Chiefs in a you know in a game where they were aggressive. So just variance kind of swings their way. We saw that happen to the Chargers last week. Uh, sometimes those plays don't go your way. But the Ravens are in a world of perks. So, you know if they don't win this game, and you got the Rams, you got the Steelers that could be on the outside looking in in the AFC with the way that's trending. But the Bengals side, this is a team that, I, I mean, it's, they're so frustrating to watch. I mean, because the talent, you said, last week on first downs, they ran five, or passed five times. They had 17 runs to five passes on first down. Uh, they only averaged three and a half yards for carry. Joe Mixon did on those carries. Uh, Joe Burrow, four or five passing, 83 yards, that touchdown on the league that you said. Uh, he's now 31st in the league in rate of pass attempts that come on first downs. Uh, this is despite being you know, third in yards per attempt on first down passes. He's fourth in the NFL in completion rate over expectation on first down. He's third in the NFL in touchdown passes on first down passes. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, This is a pass funnel defense that the Ravens have. They're really good against the run. They've sustained being good against the run. Uh, they sell out to stop against the run. Uh, this is, this si- signals, the screams, to beg the Bengals to be aggressive. Please be aggressive. Uh, just repeatedly these, these first down run calls and then getting nowhere and having Joe Burrow have to bail them out. Uh, is so frustrating to watch. And it'll be interesting to see how the Bengals kind of defend them. You know, Bengals did not blitz Aaron Rodgers at all last week. Remember the last time these teams played in week seven, they they just threw everyone at Joe Burrow. They blitzed in the third highest rate in the league and they got absolutely eviscerated uh, against the Blitz. Joe Burrow threw for 16.3 yards for pass attempt against the Blitz since that game, that Ravens game only Patrick Mahomes has been blitzed at a lower rate than Joe Burrow in the NFL. So we'll see what the Ravens do, see if they can kind of adjust to what got them beat in week seven, uh, see how they try to defend them. And then also see what Zach Taylor tries to do uh, in terms of counter punching uh, because man, they almost lost that game last week to the, to the Broncos. They could have lost it and there have been no, no excuses to lose it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. When you're the only, you've, putting up 15 points in, in that kind of as game and the when you know Drew Lock uh, is playing the quarterback for for most of How about of it. the
1: RPO Drew Lock fumble that's like one of the weirdest plays in the NFL Drew Locke kind of shake a dude by the line of scrimmage
0: <laughs> and then I I I believe I audibly laughed uh, when that play happened live um yeah so that's that's what, what the Broncos uh, got right now um but yeah I mean, we, we did, we talked about it before we, we wanted to see more from uh, more from the Bengals and we kind of expected them to, to handle the Broncos a little bit more than uh, they did last week. And they just like, they, they really didn't, um, but they were able to, to get through. And it's just like, oh, like you said, it's just some of those things. It's easy. It's like a couple plays a game that would just make things like a lot easier uh for them. Um but again this game has like really uh, big consequences. So uh per 538 right now the Ravens 56% chance to make the playoffs. Um 39% chance to win the division. With a win uh that goes up to 83% uh to make the playoffs and 73% uh to win the division. Uh for the Bengals uh they have a 51% chance to make the playoffs right now, 38% to win the division. If they win, that goes up to 70 70- 5% uh, to make the playoffs and 64% to win the division. And like for the other team on a loss, it drops to like mm-hmm. 30 and 10. Um, So this, this is a, a really big game. Um, and again, credit to the Ravens uh, for, for being where they are right now. I think it shows how good of a coach John Harbaugh is to like have this team, where it is in the position to be fighting for the playoffs, even though like they, you know, had a lot of wins banked up and they were uh, at the top of the division for, for a while and they're, they're falling back right now, but for them to, to still be there with all of the injuries that they've had, all of the players who have been in and out of the lineup there, um, yeah, but yeah, I think like we said, like the, the Bengals are the interesting thing to, to see if they can, you know, kind of take that mantle right now.
1: And, you know, uh, we got to, least say like you know about the the going for two things like not every now decision not every fourth down call and not every two-point call is hashtag analytics like like you know, the, no, every, all these, everything
0: this, I do not agree with is analytics, right? It, it, like everything. We've gotten
1: to this thing. And then you saw the video of Harbaugh literally for what multiple plays asking, like, are they going to go for two? He's asking the staff, he's asking the players, how do they feel about it? You know, uh, because if it was just all analytically driven, he wouldn't, for, he would have went for two the time before the touchdown. Yep, yeah, the that was, touchdown. yeah, that
0: was, yeah, that was. So plan. like,
1: we've got to just stop using analytics as a scapegoat. And I know we're on a show called the sharp angles and we talk about stats and numbers all the time and, you know, real football guys or, you know, they, they throw like we like all that stuff too though. Like it's, but like, we can't just use hashtag analytics as like an out for every decision that goes wrong for a team. Like there were really no analytics involved in them going for two. It went against everything kind of, because it was like there, there was over 30 seconds on the play clock. He just talked to his team. They thought they could win the game. They want Aaron Rodgers to have the ball again. Um, I mean, it's, it's just not all analytics and the same thing happened on Thursday night with, you know, with Brandon Staley. Uh and uh his he had to do like basically like a mini press conference on going for fourth downs like this is where we are like come on man it's not all analytics
0: yeah and and well like once again i think we talked about it last week like we couldn't have better guys doing this than john harbaugh and brendan yeah. saley like just two of the guys who were just uh able to um uh, just you know vocalize so why they they did what they did i don't think we have two better coaches uh in in the league right now who are just able to convey uh, their thoughts and why they did uh what they did i think if you know we had some other coaches there it probably would not be as good of uh, an explanation um or just no explanation at all um and i think that we see that all the time and like especially when like we have things like you know we're going to go into this tangent here, but like when you have like teams against the Chiefs, like how often do we see teams kick field goals against the Chiefs and lose? Like it, it's okay to like lose another way if and that that's what happened. But like we we've, we've seen teams lose every time trying to kick field goals against the Chiefs. So like when we go back to the Chargers thing, um, yeah. So it's it, it's fine. Go for two if you want. It's okay. Yeah. But listen, um, do what you
1: want, coach the team, be aggressive. Uh, now don't play for friendly losses. Uh, and like, oh, well, uh, like well, if, you, if
0: you listen to Joe Judge, though, um, you know, <laughs> it, it depends on how, how, like, how you describe aggressive. Uh, because sometimes putting your t- your defense on the fields after a punt is aggressive. So, we, you don't, know, uh, I don't totally follow that logic. Um, but. Hey, that's, that's what he said. And so he's a, he's a football guy. So I'll believe him.
1: That's right. So, uh, you know, as we know from a, you know, listen, if people listen to this podcast for years. They you know, like one, you're, you have a giant, you're a giant fan of my son. My 16-year-old is a Giants fan. We, all, we almost play a game now because he reads all the press conferences, watches all the stuff throughout the week. We almost play a game now where he asked me a question and, and, and tries to get me to answer how I believe Joe Judge answered it. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, it was like, you know, one of the things was like how do you believe the quarterbacks played you no know, following Sunday? And it was like, oh, you know, we thought Mike did some good things out there, you know, kept the, kept the, kept some drives alive. Uh, Dude,
0: man, it just... that, that's it, man. Like, it's over <laughs> We're making progress. Uh, we showed some good things we can build on. I was like. Uh,
1: yeah, it's a, I feel sorry for him. He's coping. He's the, it's his coping mechanism.
0: Yeah. Four more <laughs> years. Let's, let's do it. Um, I, no, we, we don't need to talk about that Philly game. Uh, I mean, Philly uh, did some. They're doing some fun things. They're I mean, listen, they
1: no-showed last time, though.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> it well, it's probably going to be Jake Fromm. Uh, so I would expect uh, this <laughs> defensive uh, line of the Eagles. That's uh, like one of the tops in pass rush win rate. I think they have two guys still, uh, two edge rushers in the top of pass rush win rate. Uh, they have two defensive uh, interior uh, in the top of pass rush win rate. So um, I guess the Giants offensive line and Jake Fromm, uh, that's uh, not going to go well. Um, but let's, let's go to uh, one of the games we like have wanted to talk about for a while. Uh, we kind of did talk about, we got, uh not exactly the game we wanted and that's buffalo at new england and again like for a game that uh, is as close to like a, a playoff game as you can get in week uh 16 right now um that's where we are right 16 i like continue to forget uh so we have the patriots right now 98 percent chance to make the playoffs so so it's not quite as as big a leverage as um like a, a Cincinnati and Baltimore, because these, these teams are still going to make the playoffs uh, if they do. Although you know, the Bills are down now um, to 77 uh, percent and it only drops to 63 percent if they lose. But this is, is big for the division. The Patriots mm-hmm. basically lock up the division uh, if they win. Uh, the Bills go to 88 percent to win the division uh, if they win. So this is basically like the AFC East championship game um both teams still probably going to be a wild card if they lose but uh, for having a home game uh probably going to matter for for both of these teams um we're going to see probably uh some better conditions hopefully right like we we want Maybe. to see an actual you know kind of football game play out although uh, you know depending on who you ask uh, that was uh the most football game i guess from uh from the patriots side the last time but uh we're, we're going to see how these teams The mix now we're going to see uh, if the Patriots kind of have enough passing acumen here and I think one of one of the big things and and again we're going to to hit one of the sharp ankles the staples is uh, Kendrick Bourne and his uh, his status whether he's able to play the game because like we we kind of like half jokingly said it early in the year the more Kendrick Bourne is uh, involved in the offense like the better uh, they are, but that is that's like legitimately true that that's not like a joking thing anymore. I believe he's first in in DVOA uh, among wide receivers. Um, and
1: Aguilar's in concussion protocol, so.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. Kendrick Bourne, uh, 11th in DYAR, uh, first in DVOA uh, among receivers. So, like, that is uh, actually a big piece uh, of that passing offense because I think he just does a lot of a little things well, and sometimes that breaks off into some big plays. Yeah, so Kendrick Bourne, we don't know. Yeah, his status, uh, Aguilar, probably not going to play, so that leaves them, you know, Jacoby Myers and, like, Nikhil Harry, um, who, like, sh- has showed up for, like, one play a game. Um, so, uh, that, that's Great going run to be, though. yeah, uh, sure. Um, <laughs> so like that, that's going to be a big part here. And, uh, you know, David Harris might be coming back. Uh, so we'll see that they, they still have that run game. You can still potentially run on, on the bills. But, uh, again, like if the bills were able to pass at all in that last game, like that Patriots, only run plan like might not have worked quite as well so i think we're going to see a much more uh interesting little back and forth here
1: yeah i mean even in that first game i mean the bills are in the red zone four times came with no no touchdowns on those drives and or one big hit one one for four uh mcdermott another one of these guys the opposite right like he has a team that they should be more aggressive and he's consistently gone against the grain of not being aggressive and it's kind of cost them in some spots and this game they played earlier the season, you try to kick the field goal into the wind and obviously didn't hit it and kind of, and it was, I think, to make it a two-score game, a two-score game, kick field goal too, uh, yep. if I remember correctly. Uh, so, yeah, we saw Bill do this on Saturday night, you know, do the field goal to make a two-score game, a two-score game, and they never got the, yeah. really the ball back. Uh, but, yeah, the Patriots are coming a little banged up. Uh, Kendrick Bourne and Aguilar, you know, could miss this game. Damian Harris still really hasn't practiced to this point. He's only got limited practice in. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson missed practice with an illness. Uh, so the two running backs are, are a little questionable. They also just couldn't run the ball in the Colts uh, at all on Saturday night. But the Colts have been a lot, really good run defense all season. But the Bills, I, I imagine, will will adjust if you come in without the weaponry, with any pa- out, any passing weaponry and what you did to them last time in terms of running the football. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of the cat and mouse game because I do think that the, just the Bills and how they played offense was fine when they played. You know, you're, you're not going to have the conditions that are going to force, you know, Josh Allen to, you know, kind of have the 50% completion rate. Uh, he threw the ball fine 30 times still in that game. I think they'll have a lot more success during football. I'm really curious now to see with Cole Beasley being out if we see some fun stuff that we saw last year from them, you know, with yeah. Isaiah McKenzie, are they going to use any of that jet motion stuff? Any of the, you know, the, the you know, the, the, pop passes, like McKenzie was like a part of their offense last year, kind of not to the degree Kendrick Bourne was for the Patriots this year, but he was like an ancillary component to some of the success. And he, he's been ghosted this year. Uh, so I'm curious to see now with Beasley being out, if we get some of that back uh, this week against the Patriots.
0: Yeah, I mean, I uh, kind of wrote about it when I wrote about uh, the uh, the Bills. just the entire receiving group uh, last year, like McKenzie was that Jet guy, and and not only was he, you know, getting those those Jet sweeps and the Jet sweep passes, um, you know, that that motion kind of helped open some things up in, in the running game when he was on the field. Um, you know, right now uh, the Bills are only uh, using motion on thirty six percent of their plays, which is twenty second. And, um, last year, uh, that was 41%, which was 21st. So it wasn't, you know, huge, but I think in in the ways they were doing it kind of helped open some things up. And so I think maybe we see uh, some more design runs from, from Josh Allen. I think there's, you know, the things the bills have, you know, in their toolbox that we have seen them use in the past. And, you know, that the the McKenzie part is, is there, I think we, we saw him in, what was it the week 17 game, right? When when Beasley didn't play like he was just actually their slot receiver right and and he did fine um so i i, I think we could we could see that you know you have the Gabriel Davis who's, who's coming out can find a, a big play into into the red zone every you know once in a while um and then i think we're we're seeing Stefan Diggs uh, to come into it a little bit that's been nowhere near what it was last year but he's still getting open at at a a crazy rate um, and so there's there's still a lot of things there that we can like on the Bills but again it's just you know this is we've talked about it the most high variance team uh, in the league um, and you know, one day they can look like they're going to be the, the best team in the league and then another one they'll, they'll show up a, a little flat I think a lot of that comes from, from the offense and we'll, we'll see what they can do you know running the ball too like we kind of talked about like the Patriots are a physical defense but you can run on them um, it might hurt a, a little bit, uh, but uh, they haven't been great at stopping the run. So uh, and we'll see. And, and the Bills just kind of haven't been a team that is going to – try to do that you know all all that much and that goes back to last year too and that was great because they were one of the most efficient passing teams uh, in the league this year not so much they kind of might need that change up a little bit and they just they don't have that necessarily in their toolbox Uh, but we'll we'll see if they can do that and like they've been trying to spark some things like Zach Moss has been um, you know a healthy scratch um, which I believe they they think Devin Silitary is a slightly better you know runner between the tackles for that. And you've gotten Matt Brito a little bit. Um, So it's they're, they're trying to figure it out and and it just hasn't completely clicked yet. Um, And I think if they can get that running game, just a a little bit, it it gives them just enough of a change up that they can, you know, have some more looks and and it helps the passing game out a little bit. I'm I'm not, I'm not team establish it right now, but I just kind of, it's kind of like the chiefs thing, right? They just, you kind of need that other thing to stop defenses from doing, everything they can to to right sell out for the pass. And I think that's kind of where the Bills have been at, at some parts of the season.
1: Yeah. I mean they've definitely been in these spots like the Jaguars game, especially where they couldn't run the football and the guard play has been bad all season for them. I mean it's a bummer they let guys like Wyatt Teller and Quentin Spain out out the door. And those have been two problem areas for them the entire season. Um, but we hey listen Saturday we had the same thing. Like the listen we've been questioning the Patriots basically the entire year. Like what happens when they have to try to pass their way out of a game and you know, they had to and it, it the results weren't there. You know, Mac Jones started to make some of the mistakes he hadn't made, right? Uh we saw some of that. I mean the interception he threw to Darius Snyder before the first half absolutely that was probably the game. Like that that play like you know, if you can go back, like that was just that was basically what locked it up for the Colts. But yeah, if the Bills can just force the Patriots to drop back and throw the football. I mean this game is going to be completely different than when it was, you know, in the wind the wind uh, it was it was a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, and like you, know, so this is going to be you know I think one of the the more fun games because we just have uh, you know two really good teams. I I think we can you know comfortably say that um going for basically uh, again we have a, a like de facto afc east championship game here so uh, i think that's going to be fun we'll, we'll see some of the counter punches and i think we'll get a slightly more appealing game <laughs> than we got uh this first time it's so funny as- how we're
1: almost working our way all the way back to like oh yeah the chiefs were always the best team in the afc <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, so uh, let's, let's, <laughs> let's hit them real quick because this is going to be a fascinating game for them because of the point they are at right now. So as of um, you know Thursday morning when we're uh, uh, recording this, uh, right now players on the COVID list uh, include uh, Mike Remmers, Blake Bell, Nick Bolton, Richard Fenton, Tyreek Hill, Kyle Wong, uh, Lucas Niang, uh, Ronnie Watts, uh, Travis Kelsey, Harrison Bucker, Traverius Ward, um, uh, Chris Jones, uh, so that is that's a lot of players and uh, a lot of a lot of good ones. So if we have this passing game, that potentially without Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. I mean, just without one of them is, uh, is going to change some things up. Um, without both of them, uh, this uh, is I, I don't exactly know what that really looks like. Um, I I feel like if if you could pick one of them to come back, it, it's probably. Kelsey right because of kind of what he can do in the middle of the field you can maybe stretch the field somewhere else um because if they don't have that like it's it's really hard to, to have that counterpunch that, that they've kind of had um you know throwing into the the intermediate level because they, they don't really have another the piece there um so I all of this comes down to like how healthy they can they can be and, and who it can or cannot come off that list uh, by the time uh, this game against the Steelers rolls around
1: I'm not I don't even know maybe I'm just so biased I'm so entrenched in on how bad the Steelers team is that I don't like the Steelers should have lost to a team that had Nick Westbrook Ikeen and Deontay Foreman as their key offensive players last week uh, they scored 16 points in a game that they had four turnovers on their in the Titan side of the field and uh, I mean, this, this Steelers team is just, it's not very good. And it's not your grandfather Steelers defense at all. They've not, they, they've now been out rushed 907 yards to 332 yards the past five games. I mean, they, they're just getting absolutely bludgeoned. And uh, Chris Wormley got hurt in that game. We'll see if he's going to play. So they might be down another defensive tackle. It's going to be because can Andy Reed just line up and run the football in this game? We haven't seen the Chiefs do it a lot, but they actually might be able to. We might, uh, yeah, so yeah. that's,
0: I, I think that's, that's the question here, right? Like, is, is this now like the, the game plan, like we've kind of been mm-hmm. expecting a little bit, which we've talked about the bills. Like, do you have that change out? Because especially when you look at what the Pittsburgh is, they're 20th in defensive DVOA, but they're ninth against the pass and 30th uh, against the run. So is this like. You're just going to light up Clyde edwards Hilaire and, and runner or, or yeah, uh, Daryl Daryl Williams, yeah, is like that. That might be uh, the game plan the Chiefs have going for them, and if they can get that going, you know that might help them uh, down the line uh, a little bit to have that change up exactly like what we we just talked about. Um, so I think that might that might be the pivot point here, whether you know one or none of of Hill and Kelsey are back.
1: I still do think the Chiefs' defense, the way they've been playing, is is going to be fine against this Steelers' mm-hmm. offense. <laughs> I mean, every every defense is, uh, but you know the the, the Andy Reid has pulled his magic again on the offensive line. I mean, you go back even to his days in Philadelphia; like they don't invest a lot of supreme capital in the offensive linemen, uh, and he's got he's really kind of maxed out, uh, you know, t- talent, and they've done it again with you know Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. Uh, both those guys are playing really well. Uh, if they want to come out and run the football, I think they're going to be able to do it here. And it may be dictated by the circumstances during that. They have to run the football anyways. Like we said, with the guys being out, it's not like they're going to drop back 35 times and throw to Byron Pringle. Uh, I don't think that that's really going to be uh, an optimal decision either. if Both those guys miss the game. Um, so I do think that they can run the football here. And then the Steelers team, I mean, they, listen, they there's not really anything positive I could say about Steelers. They, they, they've got alligator blood. Tomlin's always going to keep them. Remember, They won eight games with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. They find ways to hang around. Uh, but they, uh, they have the, the worst point differential for any team in the NFL, the winning record, uh, only the lions, the jets, and the Jaguars have led for a fewer rate of offensive snaps than the Steelers this season. I'm I mean, what do you even get if you're the Steelers? Like getting the seven seed, like cool, you did it again, you you made it, you you went one and done in the playoffs. Uh, this is still a team that's in a complete state of purgatory uh, as an organization.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a team that needs to you know figure out what what the future looks like, kind of now. And I mean, we've been probably saying that for we I think we said yeah, that they've the can in, they've the the season, for five
1: yeah. years at least. Probably not five. At least three seasons they've kicked the can. I think the duck, the duck Hodges Mason Rudolph season two years ago was like the the very first like time like let's start to build a contingency plan and, and they just and all they've done is the same thing since then.
0: Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's something they one hundred percent because all it took to was the defense started
1: to look bad, right? Like they've lived on this cachet yep. of just having this it, one of the league's best defenses, so and now that defense has had some injuries and kind of come back. Like now you see how it just illuminates how bad this offense is.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not fun to watch. And it hasn't been for, for a while. Um, yeah. Uh, but if we go back for the chiefs a little bit and we're going to, you know, hark on some, some playoff things like right now, for 538, 99% chance to make the playoffs, 95% chance to win the division, 62% chance for the first round by with a win that percentage to, uh, get the first round by it goes up to 70%, uh, which is pretty big. But if with a loss, it goes down to 22%. So, uh, this is a big game for the chiefs, uh, getting that top seed, which like you said, uh, we've, we've gone all this way. Uh, 16 podcasts now and, uh, and counting uh, for the chiefs to be back as the, the number one seed, uh, in the AFC, um,
1: I yeah, want another Chargers Chiefs game though. Give us another. Yeah, one.
0: man. I I really do. Both were good. Uh, was,
1: Both were good, and fun games. Give us a third.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I I just kind of I I want just more more good Chargers games here because it, it feels like they're figuring it out and like we don't have to preview that game because they're playing Texans. Um, but they they, they just feel like the good, good things are, are happening for them. They're figuring out the offense uh, a little bit. The defense is, you know, coming together and, and should be healthier. Um, you know, that, that defense was completely different with Derwin James on the field against Kansas city. Uh, than it Kelsey was Kelsey had one catch uh, before Derwin yeah. James. And uh, then once figured. Derwin James was out, it was, it was the Kelsey show. Um, so what they getting healthy on that side of the ball, going to be real big uh, for the chargers, but man, I, I think they're, they're really good. Um and uh, whether that kind of shows this year in the playoffs or, or not, I'm not totally sure. But like, there's there's some really good signs for for that team uh, going forward. Um,
1: well, hitting on your quarterback uh, is very good, and then when it looks like you may have hit on your head coach back-to-back years, uh, it does definitely sets your franchise up for a good run.
0: Yeah, those, those two things happen to be pretty important. Um, well, we're in that same thing this year. I
1: mean, look at, I mean, these look at what's happened to Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, like through the course of the season. I mean, both of those teams now are going to end the off season, not knowing if they really solved any of the problems.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, watching, I, I have, I still have a lot more um, faith in Trevor Lawrence than I do uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, that might be a problem. Uh, that'll probably be for an off season podcast because we don't need to go into uh Jets uh, quarterbacking here, but that might be an issue
1: and well and everything they might have botched it all not to make this a jet segment <laughs> but like what what piece of faith has this jet jet staff given you this year like there is nothing that this jet staff has done outside of zach wilson either that says like they they got this right
0: um so i, I still like some things some things that salah has done um you know we knew that secondary was going to be terrible so i I'm not putting too much of that on them. And I think the, the offensive structure is actually pretty good. Um, I think when you look at some stuff, I I think Mike McDaniel is uh, sorry. uh, Michael LaFleur. LaFleur went to the jets, uh, McDaniel still with uh, the 49ers. Um, I I think uh, Michael Ford has done uh, a really good job there. Uh, So I think there are a lot of, especially like when you look at like what the Mike, white game was um like there there's some some good things um happening in in that offense and just the the execution uh depending on who the quarterback is uh has not been there so um i I think there are some positives uh with that with that staff Uh, um not uh that's not the biggest concern i have uh, with what they're going to do uh going forward um and they're now probably gonna have you know two high picks so um We'll, we'll, we'll see what they they do with those but yeah uh interesting interesting times for the Jets I have a uh, feeling they'll be defensive players yes I <laughs> I have that that feeling also but also like I they I think they kind of still need some help at at receiver um you know Corey Davis wasn't what you really like wanted uh you know Corey Davis to be although uh, I mean we love Elijah Moore uh it's he's really good but then uh, i think you you still have a a lot of things that you kind of need needing to figure out there and i mean they're they've been going like four wide because they don't really have like a a tight end uh that's going to be able to like use what we kind of thought some of those you know heavier shanahan type system things are um which is one of the reasons i've kind of really remember when they called tyler croft
1: their george kittle in the preseason (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, yeah so i mean i mean yeah so we'll, we're getting jacksonville and the jets and oh that's right uh, yeah so i mean we can like just kind of talk about that and i think if, if anyone has tuned out that by now like this will be the last game we preview because i don't think a really sunday night or, or monday night really needs to go in but like these are these are interesting teams that like matter Actually, because like they do have the top two picks uh, from last year, and these were kind of two teams we were expecting to look much better uh, than they did this year. And like I, obviously everything that went wrong with with Jacksonville, um, like I don't think any of us were high on Urban Meyer, but I don't think we saw this big of a disaster. Um, heading. Well, forward, we thought but,
1: it would only go one of two ways, right? Like it was the either Jackson was gonna be fun and this was gonna work, or it would be like full Spurrier, and we kind of got the latter, uh, and it was just a it was gonna crash more. There was really never any middle ground with
0: the Jaguar situation. No,
1: yeah, it was never going to be fine.
0: Like that, that was never going to happen. Like there was um, never
1: just gonna be a situation where they were just like they won like six or seven games, and like everyone like it was progressively just like making. Hey, throughout the season, they were either going to like surprise people or just be a dumpster fire, and we got the latter.
0: And (laughs) who, boy, did we get the dumpsteriest of fires?
1: I mean, I couldn't believe that I got the bet against them last week. Then the line moved after they fired Herb, and it was just insane. I couldn't believe that we got more points to this Jaguars team. They they were laying almost six points by Sunday. It was five and a half. It was absolutely insane. Absolutely insane.
0: Yeah, and I mean, when, so well, like, one one of these teams has has to win. I mean, I guess technically not, right? They they don't have to, but I think we're. It, it's 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 kind of an interesting juxtaposition a little bit because I think we've seen a quarterback playing relatively well, but the system around him has failed, and then I think on the other side we have a system that's been you know decent enough but the quarterback hasn't been able to take advantage of it. And I think kind of, that's where we are with, with these two offenses. So um, I think that's fair for even
1: what I said about the staff, when you just look at Mike white, Josh Johnson and Joe Flacco, what they did compared to Zach Wilson, it's, it's easy to arrive at that point.
0: Yeah. So I, they have, I think two very different questions to answer. Um, Heading forward, like into this game and then coming out of this game for what this is going to look like, um, that heading into 2022, I think there are like the results have been very similar, but I think the way they got there have been very different. And I think that leaves them with two really different questions, um, that the heading into the offseason of, of how they need to fix the problems they perceive, um, that are on their roster right now. Because mm-hmm. I, I think one still definitely has the answer at quarterback, and I think one is really up in the air
1: yeah right but they're still stuck with that though they have like at least the jets know right now they're moving forward with robert slaw lafleur and zach wilson like they know that that is still at least going into next year that is going to be the core the jaguars have trevor lawrence in place and then nothing else
0: yeah yeah that is that is tough but and and again i i think you probably like the the Oh, uh, we don't need to get too big into, into Zach Wilson, but like, right. So there's like not going to be a, there's not a Kyler Murray in this class. Right. That could potentially, I right. have the jets make, make the Josh Rosen move. Um, so I, uh, that probably is off the table, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of questions there. And, uh, so uh, these are going to be some some fun off season uh, podcasts that, that we'll be talking about, and like these are the kinds of things like we'll we'll dive into uh, because it's a fascinating place of to look at where the the top two quarterbacks are from this past draft class are and where those teams are going to go. But and we'll get a preview of it because they're they're playing each other this week. Um, but I think a fitting end uh, for a, a weird week sixteen. Uh, and uh, and a couple uh, two-week stretch that has just been uh, insane um, with all the games moves around right now. No games moved yet. Uh, so hopefully everything we said on this show is going to uh, still be in place by the time games roll around. Um, so... Uh, on that note, you can find all of our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com. You can find Rich's worksheet, uh, which has covered uh, everything from all of these players moving and all of the all of the players in and out. Uh, it's constantly updated. Uh, you can find that, uh, again, if you're not subscribing to that, you absolutely should. Um, you can find Rich on Twitter, at Lord Reap. You can find me on Twitter, at Tampa Zuta. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon